Hello there. Rancho Obi-Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. Located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit RanchoObiWan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. A fun, authentic fan experience. Featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q&As, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind the scenes stories and information and so much more plus your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum it's the rancho obi-wan virtual museum subscribe now at RanchoObiWan.org. get tons of cool perks information and history of star wars collecting from the man who knows it best steve sansui while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest star wars memorabilia collection RanchoObiWan.org. <laughs> This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hey, it's the Scuttlebutt. Hey, Scuttlebutt Nation, that's right. You've stumbled on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Honest conversation with open hearts. A place for discussions, breakdowns, and deep dives. This is your safe space when it comes to nerd opinions. Because just like assholes, we all got them. Strap in, grab your blaster, and some sunscreen. Because it's always sunny on Scarif. Oh boy, it's the Scuttlebutt. And that's the Scuttlebutt. That's the Scuttlebutt. One, two, Excellent. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood, Row, and uh, we've got a good one today. You know, from time to time, I uh, divert my, um, you know, my, my trajectory um, from, from the Star Wars and uh, go into other geekdoms. Uh, you know, Brad and I started this uh, podcast, as you know, in 2019. We started talking about Star Wars and all that good stuff. But, you know, we realized that sometimes our fandom and our geekdom kind of goes across all galaxies. And uh, tonight is uh, definitely one of those aspects. I know I, I posted a question. I was telling um, Dave uh, last week. Um, I posted a question regarding, uh, you know, I asked my followers if you wanted uh if you guys wanted me to um, kind of stray away from Star Wars and do a little more uh, mix and match. Uh, but overwhelmingly, I got uh, a lot of people that just wanted me to stick to Star Wars, which was was very surprising. But um, we are, uh, you know, last week we talked a little bit about uh, the, uh, the Force and uh, Force powers. So I'm going to, you know, divvy it up a little bit here. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the other white meat, as I call it, Star Trek with a special Star Trek friend, uh, Jesse from Crusher Convo Podcast. How you doing, Jesse? I'm doing good. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for joining us here on the uh, on this side of the neutral zone. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me, and you know, I, I come in peace. It's all good. That's excellent. Excellent. Um, Shields are down. Shields are down. Fine. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see how many uh, crossover uh, puns we, we can do tonight. That, that's awesome. But um, before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to tell uh, folks, I want you to tell folks where people can find you and what your podcast is all about um, for the for the nice uh, Scare of Scuttlebutt listeners. 
All right. So, yeah, my podcast is called Crusher Convo, where my co-host Michelle and I deep dive the Star Trek Next Generation from the eyes of Dr. Beverly Crusher. And uh, we talk all about Gates McFadden and even outside of, you know, her orbit, her her sons and Jean-Luc Picard and everything and just kind of, you know, peeling back those layers, I like to say, sure. about, you know, how it relates to life and how we can... Um, just feel connected to these characters and it's not even just Beverly it's it's so many people connect to these characters so we just like to talk to other people have a conversation absolutely uh fun stuff you know Star Trek obviously has been around uh, a little longer than Star Wars but uh there's a a, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stuff there to uh Mm -hmm. to really sink your teeth into so it's it's really great and Gates McFadden she's a wonderful lady um I I met her here in Chicago uh eons ago but you just uh went to an event you took your your family or your daughter um tell me a little bit about that how was that all about yeah, so I actually did uh, two events this summer. I went to the Star Trek Vegas, Las Vegas, which is the big Star Trek convention. And um, and the second one, we went to Fanex in Salt Lake. And yeah, Gates was there both times and she got to meet my daughter and my husband. It was great. Yeah, I think one thing, though, is I love meeting the actors. I love seeing Gates. But one thing I love about going to the conventions is meeting the other fans. Yeah. You know, especially when you're doing a Star Trek podcast, I had people stop me being like, I love your podcast. And I'm all, I don't know who you are, but thank you. (laughs) Um, But it was interesting because they just wanted to, they're like, thank you for talking about Beverly. I've been thinking about that for years and I'm all, okay. I I feel honored because I'm so new to this fandom. I've been a Star Wars fan since like the day I was born. But with Star Trek, that was just last year. So oh, wow. it, I, I, I just dumped, I dived in. Yeah. <laughs> so it, but, but it's so much fun when you get to see everybody and you get to hang out and have a unique, it's like a unique, a unique experience. Sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Star Trek, what was I going to ask you? I was going to um, really paying attention to your uh, discussion there. It's. And then my camera like freaked out for a minute too. It's that, that kind <laughs> just of just a second just distracted yeah. me. But uh, um, yeah, you know, one of the one of the great things about living in Chicago is we have we have quite a few uh, like fan conventions and get-togethers. Right. The, the big one is C two E two. It's an event at McCormick Place, and obviously in 2019 we had Star Wars Celebration, which was uh, it was an amazing. Uh, what is a f- Five, was it five days this year or last uh, in 2019 uh, but it was it was five days of bliss for Star Wars fans right. all across the the Midwest and and, and mm-hmm. the world really but I think that's one of the that's one of the cool things about going to a convention you get to meet a lot of people that uh, are really into the same stuff that you are whether mm-hmm. it's Star Trek Star Wars Marvel whatever um, meeting fans I think is one of the the nicest perks about being a content creator because you get to meet a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You get to talk to a lot of people. Um, You know, uh, my group, uh, we started doing a a podcast get together uh, here in Chicago yearly. We didn't do it last year, um, but uh, we have another one coming up in, in uh, the fall of 2024. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's so nice to kind of, you know, Mom always says, don't make friends on the internet. Um, but, wh- <laughs> but what does mom know? You know, it's, it's the 21st century. Yeah, exactly. Times have changed. Uh, you know, getting, getting into strangers' cars and you know, whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's a yeah, weird, weird, we're so past it. weird times, weird times, <laughs> but it really is nice to kind of connect to other people on, on social media. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of doing it the right way. We obviously see kind of the dark side of, of uh, social media. Get to see what I did there, the dark side of social media. Oh, yes. Uh, I <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's like I said, it's it's really nice to meet other people and, and get to know other people's, uh, you know, content and yeah. and ideas and and just uh you know discuss uh the the fandom um mm-hmm. what were what were some of your biggest takeaways from your conventions that you went to recently oh gosh um i you know i felt like i was learning so like when we were in vegas i was talking to a lot of different tricky podcasts. Right. And they would be trying to find me and everything like that. And we would be on Twitter, like looking for each other. It was kind of like a game. But when we did, I felt like I was learning a lot from them. Like once you got into a conversation, like my podcast is not even a year old yet. And um, it kind of is, but we had started before becoming an official podcast. And yeah, I just felt like I learned a lot more just talking to other podcasters and the support that you got from the other podcasters. That's that's the big takeaway that I've had this whole entire time is how much the podcasting community is is such a big 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 deal and it's very important when you're trying to you know have your content out there and stuff like that. Yeah, isn't it wonderful? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you you yeah. uh, you hear the cliches that uh, you know people on the internet are just mad at each other back and forth and, and argue, right. <laughs> and yeah, we we see that. We but can, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, it's rather wonderful to see you know uh, one group helping other 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 content creators, and uh, you know, it, not to sound cliche, but we're all in it together, and um, mm-hmm. it's really nice yeah. to, like you said, it's really nice to learn about each other's uh, shows and and get to know mm-hmm. the the players you know involved. So it's it's right. really really fantastic. Um, yeah. How is your? Um, so let me ask you this: is your is your husband also a Trekkie? Does he also uh, yes. partake? <laughs> he does partake. <laughs> he was um, so he's both. He is a Star Wars and a Star Trek fan. Um, however, I don't know if you remember this, but back in you know the '90s, it was either or for right. for us. Even even before that, '80s, '90s, all of it. Um, you know, you had to love Star Trek, but not Star Wars. And so my husband kind of he kind of was a closet Star Trek fan because <laughs> everyone loved Star Wars. That was you know he didn't know anybody like Star Trek. And so it wasn't until after we met in college. I've known my husband twenty years. And he had asked me, do you like Star Trek? I was like, Psh, no, I like Star Wars. Like, no Star Trek. Like, you're, no Scotty. You freak? No, don't even. <laughs> We're not even going to go down that road. And 18 years, because Next Generation is my husband's favorite show of all time. Um, he did warn me. He's like, there are some problems, but <laughs> the cast is perfect. And that's what makes it better. And 18 years, he's been like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I I don't know what happened, but I decided to like buy him the collection for Christmas. And when he started rewatching it, it like caught the corner of my eye. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Oh, I like that. And started reeling you in. Here we are. Uh, (laughs) Now he's all like, you're into Star Trek more than I am. And I'm all I guess I am. (laughs) (laughs) I stole it from you. My apologies.
That's funny. Yeah, TNG has uh, has a great cast. I think they all have yeah. uh, pretty good uh, right. you know players in, involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to. I, I wanted to really dive into what you said um, because you're right. Like you know the 80s and 90s. I mean, it was either Star Trek or Star Wars. If you mm-hmm. liked one, you didn't like the other. Um, yeah. Which is is fascinating to me. I didn't get – my first love is Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get into Star Trek until I want to say the the 90s because the 90s for us Star Wars fans is, is known as the dark times because you know, the Return of the Jedi was done. <laughs> No more new Star Wars. You know, we had mm-hmm. some comic books. Um, and then later on, we had, you know, the uh, the Thrawn trilogies. But, bef- you know, before that, there was nothing really to to wet our whistle when it came to a galaxy far, far away. Right. So I think by um, by process of elimination, we kind of went through all the the current science fiction that was out at the time, mm-hmm. you know, we did, yeah. we did get uh, a little uh, science fiction on television with V the series. Uh, so that kind yeah. of, uh, you know, kept us busy for a while, but there was nothing really out there that, um, that held a candle to star Wars as we knew it um, mm-hmm. until, you know, uh, Paramount decided to uh, reinvigorate uh, the airwaves with uh, star Trek, the next generation. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it was one of those shows for me that I'm like, okay, well there's spaceships, there's, uh, they're in space, there's aliens, aliens. (laughs) it might be, it might be the same. And, you know, and I knew about Star Trek, um, from obviously the, the original series, but you know, the next generation was something completely different. It was in an era in the real world. It was in an era where special effects, um, were a lot different than what you are used to seeing from the 60s right. television show. Mm-hmm. So I was very interested in, uh, you know, absorbing um, Star Trek on television when it came out, uh, namely, right. obviously, The Next Generation. Um, it, it was one of those shows that I, I recorded like every week on VHS and I had them um, oh, as, as replay. You know, I could yeah. watch them whenever I wanted to. Um and, uh, you know, it was obviously, uh, you know, something that, uh, that, uh, you know, that we watched to kind of, mm-hmm. uh, satisfy our science fiction, you know, need, um, mm-hmm. our, 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 uh, you know, our, our need to, to watch a little sci-fi. I think also Star Trek was more accessible because yeah, I mean, if you think it was on about television. Like, yeah. Because also too, like with Star Wars, you could only see it in the movies, right? right? And, and that's once why every three like, years. Saw, yeah. And then it was like, that's why I went and saw it 11 times in the movie theater. Right. You know, you hear those stories. I actually met, I met Michael Dorn, who plays Worf at Fanex. And I've met him before, but this was the first time I like had a conversation because he's a big Star Wars fan. And so I walked up to him with my daughter and I's lightsabers. I was like, would you please take a photo with me with our lightsaber? He's like, absolutely. And so (laughs) here's me and Worf with our lightsabers in this photo. And the thing was, is that he said he and his friends, um, I don't know if he really said himself, but he said he knew his friends went and saw like it. Star Wars eight times. Saw it next weekend. Let's go back, guys. Like they just kept going. I was like, yeah. that was the thing because you didn't sure. know when you were ever going to see it again. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but like you said, this was so much more accessible with TV. 
And like I knew about Star Trek, I just was never into it because my parents weren't into it. Like my dad liked the original series. My mom saw a couple of the movies, but when Next Gen came out, I was two. <laughs> so if it wasn't on TV, I wasn't going to notice it. And my brother was such a Star Wars fan that that's what th- those were the VHSs that were constantly playing. Oh wow! So um, so yeah, I just remember I remember the TV guides. Like I remember, right, yeah. <laughs> I remember Jordy's visor and data and that was like my only extension, but it's funny because there was a lot of Star Trek in the nineties, you know, from yeah. 87 to 2004, sure. I think it was all Star Trek. And then it went like radio silent, like yeah. done. Yeah. And I just interviewed Larry Nemechek, um, and our episode's going to drop on, um, December 3rd, I believe. And we were talking about Star Wars and Star Trek, and he was wondering, he was like, gosh, you know, I I know why people like Star Wars, and I can understand why people like Star Trek, but he's like, I never, he he had more of a fascination with, with Trek than he did with Star Wars. And I said, well, I wonder if it's because Star Trek had more of a reality to it aspect, like hope for the future. This is what we should, this is our goal of how to be good human beings on by the, t- the 24th century. Star Wars, like we know there's not going to be the force and <laughs> it's more of an escape. Like sure. it was, a, a, it was an imagine, an imagination that people could just escape to and pretend they had the force and pretend they were Vader, you know, Luke cutting off his hand. It's great. Like whatever you wanted to do as, as a kid. And, but Star Trek was too realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it didn't take as well. In some aspects, because sure. there's a huge fan base, obviously. Yeah. But um, I think that was kind of why, like, for me, I loved my imagination ran wild. Like, I was into stuff that had me escape from, sure, you know, my reality. So Star Wars fit that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, and we talk about that all the time, the the, the aspect of, of, of both Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, you know, we, we, we use the terminology, you know, science fiction versus science fantasy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, a, a universe like Star Trek, which is based in our own reality, except that it's, it's far in the future, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, Star Wars is kind of based somewhere. It's, uh, I know it's far away and it's, it happened a long time ago. But mm-hmm. there isn't any uh, inclination or, or or hints that it is happening, you know, in in our reality, right? Um, um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely true. The 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 fantasy aspect of Star Wars is is different. Um, you know, there's a lot of science, obviously, in Star Trek that has inspired uh, many, you know, people to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, go that route when it comes to careers. Um, same yeah. thing with Star Wars. I mean, the, the reason I'm, a, a, you know, a, te- a behind the scenes technician is because I fell in love with the work that was being done by ILM with special right. effects and, and camera work and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, you know, as, as a seven year old kid, that's that saw star Wars in the theater for the first time, you know, when that star destroyer went overhead, my, my jaw dropped to the floor and I'm right. Wow. This, you know, uh, I, even as a kid, I'm thinking this does not exist, but somebody made it. But someone made it. Yeah. yeah and I want to find out who and how, and, and it, it was just an amazing thing to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, l- let's go back a little bit and talk uh, about uh, our early fandoms. You said that you you really grew. What is your Star Wars story? 
How did you get into it? <laughs> my Star Wars story. Like I said, I was born into it. My brother's eight years older than me. He was born in 77. So my mom, so I guess it really started with my mom because she says she remembers Star Wars coming out. She was pregnant with my brother, but like she went in and, and did it. And then when Empire came out in uh, 80, she had a two-year-old or almost three-year-old, a baby, which was my sister, watching Star Wars wow. again. And then 83, they did it again, but I wasn't born yet. I came out in 85. But my my earliest memory of Star Wars wasn't even the movies. It was my brother wearing a white laundry basket on his head <laughs> and him going, Luke, I am your father. And I'm laughing. I'm like two and I'm giggling because I just thought it was the funniest thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember like every other child, we would use the, was it the tissue paper, the wrapping paper tubes and pretend we're, you know, waving lightsabers and things like that. So I do remember my brother did, um, (laughs) he was using my high chair. I I think he was pretending to be a walker or Mm -hmm. something. I don't know, but he was pretending he was firing. And I was like, I want to play. And I ran to him and he turned, but the legs were sticking out of the, and he hit me in the side of the head. (laughs) And I passed out for like, he's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) My mom didn't find out about that story till like 30 (laughs) years later. (laughs) But we like, that's like, that was like my crash course into Star Wars, but it was always just- Literally yeah. crash course. <laughs> but I mean, it was just all the time on in my house. Computer, I'm reading anomalous variations in the molecular structure of these memory chips. Please confirm. Alien, my mom's favorite movie, okay. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. And so that was my introduction into sci-fi. Even though I wasn't heavily into sci-fi, like my husband, my husband knows like everything sci-fi. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I was just loved um, the story, d- the fantasy behind it, as sure. we were just saying, that overhead shot, like, you know, those are some cool shits. This is awesome. But um, but and and Leia was a badass. I'm just going to yeah, say it. Sure, I mean, yeah. she really was. She yeah. just had that snarky attitude that I was like, I want to be like Princess Leia. So, yeah, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's it's. um. You know there there are two they are two vastly different franchises but uh you know they they each have their own contribution to pop culture right um you know no one uh, again I was, I was talking to uh to Dave last week um my guest uh on last week's episode you know it's it's uh when you when you whisper into somebody's ear, beam me up, Scotty, you know exactly where it's from. Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, use the force, Luke. I am your father. You know, all that Correct. stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's fun to see other people's um, reactions when, when uh, I don't know, when you encounter a stranger on the street and you're wearing some sort of sci-fi T-shirt. They give you kind of like this weird little internal like nod. <laughs> Like I, you know, like I accept or or I see you and then, yeah, it's like you see each other and then, you know, you you just want to kind of like, you know, go up to them and and give them a a fist bump. 
uh, right. to acknowledge or a, them. Or, or a Vulcan salute. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> depending on who you're, you're talking. Are you a nerf herder yeah. or are you from Vulcan? Right. Um, um, that's yeah. so funny. But um, <laughs> I call my husband nerf herder. That's literally his, <laughs> his name yeah. in my phone. That's hilarious. Um, and that was always our thing was the I love you, I know. Like I engraved that <laughs> yeah. in a watch for our anniversary because we were married – like did not mean to do this, but we were married on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Okay. But we had like a Star Wars, <laughs> like, yeah. the I love you, I know. So I don't know. It's just. Very mixed it up. It was in the stars, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I sure. don't know. Um, Star Trek was trying to sneak in even back then. Yeah. But uh, but I do remember I was walking to work and I had a, a Star Trek t-shirt on and someone was driving by. Um, it was, um, I worked downtown driving by and they screamed out, I love Star Trek. And I was like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. It's funny because that reminds me. So back in 1999, when the uh, when uh, the Star Wars Episode One uh, Phantom Menace came out, I live in Chicago and I traveled to Los Angeles to see it with some friends. And we we hung out at the Grauman's Chinese Theater for um, uh, two or three nights overnight because mm-hmm. there was a line that was already forming. Um, right. And you know, back in the days, you, you back in the day, you had to wait in line to get a ticket. There was no movie phone. Mm-hmm. There was no you couldn't call, pick up the phone. <laughs> you actually had to go, kids. You had yeah. actually had to go buy a ticket for yep, the movie. Physically buy a yeah. ticket. So, um, but it was it was fun. Um, I remember packing uh, my clothes and packing a Darth Vader tie because I was going to wear it while waiting in line. And when I got to Hollywood and Vine, there were bounty hunters and stormtroopers walking to and fro <laughs> in the middle of the night. And I'm like, I think I'm a little underdressed. <laughs> Just a smidge. <laughs> just a smidge. You know, just throw on the Vader mask with yeah. the tie and you would be creating a whole, a whole new, new look. look. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been a, a trendsetter. But exactly. it, it's funny because um, – so I remember uh, uh, one instant waiting in line. It was three in the morning and everybody was kind of like, you know, just kind of chilling because it, it was early early in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the morning there. Um, there was a, a small minivan that uh, pulled up to the line – um, uh, the doors opened, everybody got out and they were all wearing Starfleet uniforms. They, they came to the Grammys Chinese theater line to heckle the star Wars fans. Uh-huh. And it was hilarious. It was so much fun. You had, you know, guys that, that look Kirk like Starfleet or like, Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. Old Kirk's Kirk old and Spock. Okay. Yeah. Old school Starfleet. Voyager. Yeah. Like by this time in night. Right. Right. We were like all, yeah, yeah. We were five series. But in. it's so funny because, you know, there was a, there was a guy that was dressed as, as uh, Spock. And instead of the Vulcan, you know, salute, he was giving us mm-hmm. the finger and yelling. Yoda was a puppet. Losing my mind. I am not. <laughs> It was just a lot of fun, you know, between the fans, between the Star Wars and Star Trek fans. It was just, uh, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Technically. Technically, right. But um, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, It was funny because I do remember with my daughter, as she was getting older, I decided, I was like, oh, I'm going to show her some Star Wars and see if she was into it. She was not into it. Like, just did not care. But for whatever reason, (laughs) when... The Force Awakens was coming out. 
um, my daughter was like six at the time or seven. And she was like, what is this? I'm like, this is the movies I've been trying to show you. (laughs) And it was like a light bulb turned on and she was like, I love this. And she loved Vader. And so here's a little six-year-old girl where I remember us walking down the street uh, off of a busy road and she's wearing her Vader mask, just, just chilling. She's wearing this, like this cute little pink top, little pink, you know, <laughs> shorts and a Vader mask. Oh my God. And people were honking like, yeah, go kid. And she's waving. <laughs> I mean, and I was like, this is a very, this is a proud moment. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Take this in. That's hilarious. But, um, but then she also had to endure being late to the party as the actors were older and stuff sure. like that. She was, very upset when Carrie had passed away. And that was a very devastating thing to tell your kid that, Hey, this actress, you who plays one of your favorite characters. And I remember when it happened, I walked to my daughter. I was like, Maddie, I have something to tell you. And she, and she just looked at me. She's like, Carrie died. Didn't she? Uh, I was like, I'm sorry, sweetie. Yeah. And she burst into tears. Uh, And I was like, so these are how, they're so important. Like I started crying seeing her cry. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was like, these characters are so important. Yeah. You know, and it's even with Star Trek, you know, we lost Nichelle Nichols last year and there's only like three of the original cast left. And, you know, Sir Patrick Stewart is in his eighties and you're, you're, so you're like, and you're just like, Oh my gosh, we got to just like keep him in a bubble just a little while. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like I just joined. I know. <laughs> I just discovered this fandom. Everybody's <laughs> dying. Give me a couple of years. Yeah. Oh my God. We were, um, I did a show along, uh, a couple of years ago with a friend um, and he's a big Jurassic Park fan, uh, fan, Jurassic Park movie fan. And we were talking about, we happened to be talking about the music uh, during Mm -hmm. that segment. And obviously, you know, being a fan of star Wars, you have to love John Williams music. And and we're like, Oh yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And we're, and we were talking, and I said, oh, uh, actually, today is John Williams' 90th birthday. And he's like, oh, that's great. And then we all paused and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, he's 90. Oh, my God. Hold on a second. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the the mortality of these actors. And I think that um, that has a lot to play uh, with our love of the franchise, especially as mm-hmm. older fans, because, you know, you get to see these actors, um, you fall in love with them in their prime. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and you're like, wow, uh, Luke Skywalker doesn't look like Luke Skywalker anymore. Or, <laughs> you know, Captain right. Picard's a little uh, rougher on the edges. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's sad. And I think, um, you know, these characters will always live uh, the way we remember them in, in our mm-hmm. minds forever. And I think, uh, you know, with all the advent of artificial intelligence and deep fake and all that stuff, I mean, we're we're bringing, right. you know, Mark Hamill back from from, uh, you know, his back to his younger years and in, in yeah. shows in the Star Wars shows. Um, you know, there's, obviously there's a big reason for it because people love the characters and wish mm-hmm. they could stay looking like that forever. I mean. You know, we wish we could be looking like us, you know, uh, young <laughs> versions of ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it, it is sad. Uh, you know, there was a, I, I think I was watching a, a, a current interview with uh, Walter Koenig just recently and mm-hmm. does not, he does not look like Chekhov that I remember, you know, it's like, right. Really? And he was the young one in the group yeah. back then too. Yeah. I remember he had posted a, on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it where he says, "Come see me before I die." Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and we're just we're like, like, "What? No, <laughs> calm down." Like, Is he dying? Yeah. What's going on? I was all, we were, but then he's making a lot. I guess he's light of it. He's like, "I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not young guys. Like, come right. on, see." Yeah. Right? Sure. We're like, "Okay, we get it." Well, a little dark, but yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Definitely dark side. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, we, my husband and I got to see Bill Shatner in Vegas this last time. He always goes to Vegas. He loves to stop by. He's 92, mm-hmm. but he's, he's, he's pretty sharp for sure. 92. Yeah. Like the stories he was telling, he, he's, I, I think he's got a few years left. I think Perfect. so. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Right, folks, I wanted to take a little break and say thank you to all the patrons here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Do you all remind me to make sure that we spit out some good product here from topics to technical? We want to make sure that you are proud of us enough to attach your name to this show. First of all, our executor tier, Scott and Kim of the Use and Abuse podcast, a proud member of the Red 5 family. Make sure to check them out. Visit them in the chat when they go live for fun and shenanigans. And speaking of shenanigans, another one Wonderful supporter Nicholas Schaefer, Mr. Backyard Tardis himself. Hey, he's got a channel, Adventures in Locksmithing, and if you think rekeying is all he does, well, you should watch a few of his videos and prepare yourself for the crazies. All right, and moving on to our garrison tier, big thanks to the Frank, our resident Back to the Future expert. Log in and say hello. What's up, Frank? Melanie Marquita, big high five to you, my friend. One of my favorite collaborators. We got comics and cosmetics. Danny, her YouTube channel's got the latest nerd news and some awesome tips on comics and cosmetics. Go give her a sub. All right, big shout outs to Alex, the salty nerd himself. Nicole, peace, love, and all fandoms. And someone who brings joy to my timeline, Belinda. So glad you're on this list. I also want to give a special shout out to Vader, Rapina, and Rennie. And of course, Ollie and family. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you, patrons and friends of the podcast. If you're interested in helping to keep the lights on here, get some exclusive Scare of Swag, stickers, and my periodic row rant episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. I want to get into uh, some favorites. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions regarding Star Trek. So what you said that you are more um, vested in the next generation. So tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about some of your favorite episodes and why. Oh, I think the reason being that I enjoy the next generation the most is because it got me into the fandom. Like we always say, it's our, it's our primary track. It's our main track. But there was something about Beverly Crusher, for instance, that I felt I connected to because I was a single mom and trying to build a career and doing all that stuff. And I thought that was pretty bold 
that they did that in 87, right? Yeah. And, but also her being snarky and sarcastic and fun. And she was just doing what she loved. And so it made me feel like I could be myself and not be judged for the stuff that I liked or the stuff that I like to do. But it also had good moral you know, stories behind it, no matter, you know, as much as we don't really talk about season two, because there is no Beverly Crusher, um, you know, Michelle and I do our deep diving season two, just to see like, what would Beverly do? If she's in this season. And there's a couple episodes that really tug on your heartstrings of like, okay, this is happening. Like data's rights, you know, measure of a man, very good episode. Like, does he has rights? Does he not? Because he's a machine. Is he, you know, is he a toaster is what they called him, you know, and you're kind of and you're like, oh, this is this is deep. And it made you think just. I think that's why they were doing that, because it was like, this is where we need to go into the future. We need to be more kind and more sensitive. And the overall moral of the story was just to, you know, be better, be a better you, I think. And you kind of saw that with the characters from season one all the way to season seven, no matter what they went through. And they went through a lot. (laughs) Um, They always learned from it and was a better version of themselves after the fact. So that's what I took from it. Now tell me, Commander, what is Data? I don't understand. What is he? A machine. Is he? Are you sure? Yes. You see, he's met two of your three criteria for sentience, so what if he meets the third? Consciousness in even the smallest degree. What is he then? I don't know. Do you? Do you? Star Trek has a lot of that. Um, obviously, uh, with Star Trek's background and Gene Roddenberry's, uh, you know, kind of uh, his his need to kind of uh, put a lens on society mm-hmm. um, the way, you know, the original Star Trek did, I think... Um, I think it worked out fairly well. You know, science fiction does a lot of that. Um, yeah. You know, now, nowadays we have, uh, you know, we have that uh, th- that vocal group that says everything is woke. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, science fiction has always had some sort of morality play to it, some mm-hmm. lessons, um, especially um, with, uh, uh, you know, with, with societal problems. Um, right. I, I think any good sci-fi really does uh, a, a number on on examining some of those things. Um, mm-hmm. Were you uh, w- once you got into the next generation? Did you go back and and watch some of the older episodes from uh, the Kirk era? From the original series, um, a, a little bit. Yeah, I decided to 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 kind of learn all of it, especially with season three of Picard coming out, and I had heard. There's going to be a bunch of, you know, Deep Space Nine references and Voyager. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to understand any of this. And (laughs) so, um, yeah, I just started doing it. I'm not sure if I've watched all of the original series because it plays on uh, Pluto TV. But I know I've seen a good chunk and um, get the references a little bit better. But I have watched all of Deep Space Nine. I am midway of Voyager and then I'll get into Enterprise, but I have seen the newer shows like Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, um, Picard, obviously. So I'm, I'm working my way up. There's just a lot. There's a lot of content. There, yeah, there yeah, is a lot. I, a lot of I Star did. Trek. Sensors indicate some kind of total conversion drive. No evidence of life. Subspace interference level incredibly high. Whatever it is, 
We can't let it go beyond us to the next solar system. We have to stop it. I did watch the original movies. Oh, sure. And I tweeted, I live tweeted when I was watching it because I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going in. I watched all six (laughs) movies and I was and I was like, what is that? A whale? What? And then I was all like, must save the whale. Like, you know, that I was, (laughs) but it was it was one of the best movies. Right. So even those those times, how they were going, like, you know, the morality of the story of like, hey, we destroyed our atmosphere enough where there are now no more whales. And now here's this thing where we need the whales. And I'm all like, yeah, see, we have to be even kind to our planet, guys. Let's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not just there our galaxy, was... but planet. To hunt a species to extinction is not logical. Whoever said the human race was logical. When Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country came out, there was a fan event here in Chicago where they showed one through five and then they premiered six. And wow. it was an all day event, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. I, I still have my ticket. It says, sit long and prosper. <laughs> Man, <laughs> it was, it was really great. That, that created that got like paid real good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, that was a that was a very fun event. Um, You know, I I love watching sci-fi on the big screen. Um, You know, I I think uh, you know, getting back to a little Star Wars thing. I mean, obviously, we are a lot of folks are enjoying uh, you know Ahsoka and 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 Mm -hmm. some of the um, shows, uh, some of the Star Wars shows on on the small screen. Um, But I really do miss Star Wars on the big screen. Um, You know, Star Wars was a tentpole summer blockbuster activity. Right. Um, I'm also not a fan that they uh, pushed Star Wars to December. Um, I liked it in May. <laughs> um, but uh, that's, that's another story. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, some of the things that us fans kind of, uh, you know, stick to uh, mm-hmm. are uh, arguably, uh, you know, little details, but uh, Hey, the devil is in the details as they yeah, say. Exactly. I think too, um, you know, cause that's how we grew up with seeing Star Wars on the big screen. So as much as we like seeing uh, these television shows who are filling in the gaps and telling a really great story, like Andor's one of my top favorites, there's there's just something about the nostalgia, though, sure. about watching Star Wars on the big screen. Yeah. Almost kind of like if you're watching Star Trek on TV versus streaming or on your phone or a computer. Yeah. Um, but I do uh, – my co-host did get to see Picard on the IMAX theater. When oh, they yeah, were that's the, right. You know, yeah. Yeah, limited and release. The limited release. She got to see it in New York and she just was like – there was just nothing like it. Just sitting yeah. with all these Trekkies watching this and, you know – now that it's better effects and special effects sure. and things like that, being on the big screen, she's like, it was so good. I was like, now nah, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My 55-inch TV is not going to cut it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always a proponent of going to see a movie in the movie theater. I don't care how yeah. good your home theater screen is. Right. You know, there's just something about being in a, uh, you know, in a room, you know, with uh, other people. Uh, you feed off of that energy. You um, do. Yeah. Especially Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, you know, any movie, but I think more, more or less for me, it's, it's the experience of something that you wouldn't experience 
you know, in regular day to day life. I mean, science fiction and, and uh-huh. some action movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, it's, I, I'd rather go see those, you know, larger spectacle type movies in the movie theater mm-hmm. um, because they are so bigger than life. You know, the sound, the audio, the effects, the visuals, um, you know, and, and the theaters have some really great setups to kind of, uh, you know, uh, envelop you in, in sound and, and, and visuals that it's, it's, it's just an amazing experience. Well, I, you know, it's funny. The first thing that popped into mind was, um, with the last Jedi and I can't remember her name, but it was when she warped into Snoke's ship and it was Admiral Haldo. Yes. And it was silent. And I remember because we were like, what is she doing? What is she doing? We're all (laughs) each other. (laughs) And I remember we had to, unfortunately, I was like me and my mother-in-law, my daughter were up here. And my, my husband and father-in-law had to be like down a couple of rows because we were all split up and you could hear a pin drop. Right. Like no, not even the children. They were all just like, what's happening. And I remember that experience of like, holding my breath and then explosion like and we're just like what the hell was that but that's like something i remember even though it was silent it is something to um hang on to you know just like i i wish i could experience that again if even though we saw it again it wasn't the same as it was the first time sure because it surprises you yeah exactly I remember reading um, some posts on Twitter when the movie came out that uh, there were some theater managers that actually had signs that said during the movie, you know, during this part, there is an intentional um, section of silence. Um, please don't go to the projectionist. It's no, you know, the movie's not, it's a, intentional. It's not working. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I can see that happening. Yeah. yeah. But it's weird though. Cause I mean, you know, just, you know, sit back and enjoy the ride. Um, right. but, uh, it's too funny. Um, by the way, you, you're going to get, uh, I know later on we're going to do our century mode quiz. You've already, uh, I've already deducted five points for mentioning the last Jedi. <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> it's okay, but it was a cool part. Yes, it was I a didn't very cool part. The Leia part, all right. So you got to give me props for that. There you go. All right. So your point. Your points are back. Thank you. That was the biggest thing, really. the The fact that uh, you had mentioned, uh, you know, in our in our science fiction group chat, the the fact that uh, you know when. When you were a Star Wars fan, you couldn't be a Star Trek fan and vice mm-hmm. versa. I think, um, you know, now in 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 today's age, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that like everything. And yeah. it's not just like, you know, a Star Trek club or, a, mm-hmm. you know, or a Star Wars club. Yeah. Um, and I think... Um, you know, obviously, social media is a, is a big proponent of, of just engaging with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the fandom, um, it's been great to be able to, you know, kind of switch hats back and forth, especially right. as content creators. You know, we talk about Marvel movies. We'll talk about Star Wars. We'll talk about Star Trek. And uh, it's great to be able to interact with, uh, you know, all aspects of the fandom. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And, you know, and it's also fun to to jab at each other, make, 
make fun oh, of sure. each other, right? Like, you know, yeah. we have Jesse from Open Pike and Sudden Butt, <laughs> and he's just all like, no, 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 we're, we don't do Star Wars here. Like, you know, it's all Star Trek. And um, But it, we have fun because he knows how important it is and things like that. But, um, yeah, yeah. I... No, go ahead. He recently, I, um, I, I think sometimes when I'm sitting at my computer and um, working, uh-huh. I, I will start to think of certain science fiction movies, scenes, or something, and then I'll, I'll go to, uh, you know, Google and I'll, I'll type in, you know, I'll do a search for an image because I'll mm-hmm. remember, or I'll be listening to, uh, you know, a soundtrack of one of the movies. Um, I happen to be listening to the soundtrack for The Wrath of Khan the other night, and really uh-huh. remembering you know the uh, the chase between the USS Reliant and the Enterprise that is one of the most wonderful scenes in in Star Trek yeah. and I and I posted that and I said, you know, Star Wars is cool and all, but there's no space battle that is there's more iconic than the Mutara Nebula, you know, battle between the Enterprise and the, the USS Reliant. Right. And, and and Jesse posted, he goes, I, I have faith in Star Wars fans today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I know what you mean. There is hope. There is hope, exactly. <laughs> As Leo would say, yeah. Yeah. That's no, too funny. But um, so I, I started asking you before the signal cut out uh, regarding the original trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the, the original series of Star Trek. I'm getting yeah. my, my stars confused. <laughs> See how bad it is. I um, hope Jesse forgives you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, – you, you talked about the 90s being uh, replete with Star Wars projects. We, you know, obviously we had The Next Generation. We uh, then we had uh, we had a nice little experiment with uh, Paramount and the UPN network when yeah. when it was released. Um, we had uh, Voyager. We had a whole bunch of Star Deep Trek. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space the, Nine. The generation movies. And then, yeah. Right. Um, and then after Deep Space Nine, obviously, we had uh, Enterprise, which I think Enterprise was the last Star Trek on television. Yeah, it was actually um, – it went Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and then Enterprise. And yes. then the, the generation movies were just kind of sprinkled in. Sure. And then, of course, the last one was, what, 2002? And the Enterprise ended in 2004. And yeah. then it was like the end of an era, right? Because it was just Star Trek all the time. And the, But Star Wars kind of – even though, you know, we – I mean, I have my issues with the prequels, <laughs> um, except for episode three. I, I actually liked episode three, but that's when that was kicking in as the Star Trek part was kicking out. I don't know how you want to put yeah, it. Right. And more Star Wars and things like that was coming up. So it was almost kind of like just like overlapped each other. And, right. You know, it never really ended for the sci-fi fans. You know, they got to enjoy both both types Sure. But um, there was just, you know, it ebbed and flowed the way it did. But now, right now, I feel like it's we're getting all of it. Yeah. At once. <laughs> right. It's rushing. It's rushing out uh, for <laughs> just, sure. They're just throwing it in your face. Right. Yeah. And I remember during um, during the release or the pre-production of uh, Undiscovered Country, I remember mm-hmm. um, they were actually using sets from the next generation because they were standing yep. sets at Paramount. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, switching things around and, you know, moving, you know, prop sets and, and, and things like that just to kind of save money, yeah. um, which which was fascinating to me because, you know, sometimes you can see. You know, I'm like, oh, this is this is uh, Picard's ready room or this mm-hmm. is, you know, that, you know, just kind of rearranged. Uh, the lighting was a little darker, so it did, you right. know, would uh, wouldn't um, would pass. You know, you, it would yeah. pass. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the sets were built different for television than they are on film. So they kind of mm-hmm. had to disguise some things. But it was it was really interesting to see. I, and the, in the 90s, I was doing some freelance for a convention company called Creation Entertainment. I was it's, editing. Yeah. Um, I was editing all their um, their music videos. Um, I was able to meet uh, Eric Stilwell, which is, he was a writer um, on one of my favorite uh, TNG episodes called the uh, Yesterday's Enterprise. Definitely Federation starship. Accessing registry. Looks like they had a rough ride. NCC one seven zero one C. USS Enterprise. Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh. Yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. Force is with you tonight, Ro. The force <laughs> definitely is with me. Yeah, um, but the, yeah, the '90s were really, uh, really great for Star Trek. It uh, th- there was a lot, uh, like I said, there was a lot there to yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to catch up on. I mean, I think I said it. They're at like 850 ep- overall episodes of all the series, and then you know what, 12 movies or something like that total. Yeah. I mean, it's just. It's a lot. It's it, and I'm I'm still trying to catch up. At least with Star Wars, I was like, okay, we got three, right? Three, and three, and three. <laughs> and right. we got three, and then, yeah. now a couple of extra ones now, a but yeah. extra ones, some cartoons, no big deal. But now I'm all like, I can't catch up. Like I haven't seen the Bad Batch yet. Still, I'm all like, I'm just, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Um, that's I'm too like Star funny. Trek one day, Star Wars the next. Like, and then I'm gonna. That's gotta confused. be hard. That's gotta it's be hard, like, <laughs> especially because you're kind of new. I mean, I I always thought right. that you were, you know, when I <laughs> saw you on the other shows, I, you know, you 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 carry yourself as a as an old veteran. Oh. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll give that credit to my husband because <laughs> you know because my husband's osmosis. not. Yeah, my husband's not a social media guy. 
Yeah. Like he he doesn't even like to look online. He's very old school. You know, I'm going to watch something to enjoy it. I'm not going to read the synopsis. I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, read spoilers, none of it. And so but I've been on social media when AOL was a chat room. Like, you know, that was yeah. my accent because I was into Xena and all that. So I know creation very well. That was my first convention uh, experiences. But so I, I learned so much that I was telling, I was like, did you know this happened? Did you know this happened? He's like, no. And I was like, well, this happened. I was like, <laughs> just like throw it in his face. He's like, okay, calm down. let me let me process this but you know it's just one of those things where we're we're enjoying it in our own way he's just more chill on the couch i'll just you know enjoy it for a minute and i'm like i have to absorb all this information you know when i interviewed larry nemechek who was like the star trek historian i was just feeding off of his energy just like i want to know more i want to know more like what what about this what about that and so you know, I kind of want to be like the the Larry Nemechek of of the character of Doctor Beverly Crusher. I just learn so much outside of the character because she is more that way, right? Sure. You know, kind of just deep dive and and figure out who this character is and and go from there. Wow, yeah, it's um, that's interesting. Um, you know, as content creators, I think uh, we have left our chill way behind, um, <laughs> you know, watching, you know, watching different, uh, you know, IPs, programs, movies, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me in particular, I watch movies and TV shows uh, in different ways, depending on, you know, if I watch it the first time, I watch it the first time to obviously absorb everything. But then because mm-hmm. of my technical background, I'm like, why is the camera here? Or what's, you know, what does this mean over there? I do that too. You, and I don't you, even you have it apart. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, you take it apart, you take it apart to kind of examine the, um, I guess the, it's weird. The, we, we do it to examine the, the, we pick apart the psychology of, of the show in a certain way that I don't think like regular audiences do. Um, And I don't know if it's, do we do it because we have shows and we have to kind of talk about it or do we do it because it's in our nature to pick apart or, or really want to understand, like you said, you wanted to be the expert on, on Beverly Crusher. Like, like why, why do we have that need to to have that uh you know that monster you know feed us um it's interesting yeah i mean i've always been like that though even before i became a you know a creator and it was just because i enjoyed having those conversations with people because i would learn new things so you know i again xena fan i was talking to other xena fans and we were talking like well you think Zena did this no no you know and we would have our own um conversation about how we took the episode or how we think she thought this or that and figure it out our own our own way and you know I moved on to other fandoms but there was something about Star Trek not even just Beverly Crusher and I'm not even an expert like there's fans who've been fans of hers for the last 37 years and they definitely know more and and I learned from them and I think that's also the other great thing about it is that I get to talk to these people who adore her so much and then I get to bring that light to other people and then they get to meet each other 
other. And then, so we just have these connections and, um, you know, build friendships and, you know, our common interests that we normally don't get to do. Like, I don't know anybody else here in Idaho that likes Beverly Crusher, you know? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I can wear a Beverly Crusher shirt all I want. No one's going to point it out, but maybe data, maybe someone might know data. Um, but you, you just, like to learn things. I like to learn things. Sure. That's my thing. Yeah. You know, and I know Gates McFadden had said that with her starting a podcast. Like she's like, I never thought I would do this, but I was asked again and again and again and to do it. And, and she, but she loved how much she's learned from it, how she's doing her own editing. Like here's mm-hmm. someone in her seventies learning how to edit a sure. podcast. Like who yeah. would have thought, you know, but it's because we just want to learn. We just want to keep going and, um, not, and not stop. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a big characteristic of the geek culture. Yeah. We're, we're, I think, you know, we're, we're curious and, you know, not to generalize, but I think for the most part, a lot of people that are into this stuff really want to, you know, um, you know, pull back the curtain and see how it works. Yeah. I mean, that's, right. I think that for me, that's a big part of it. Um, I'm, you know, really curious about stuff mm-hmm. and, um, you know, as they say, hashtag the more, you know, <laughs> oh, that's giving me some more nostalgia vibes right there, <laughs> but like, and it's, it's, it's one of those things too, that when you do meet other people and you start talking about it, they make me think about stuff that I didn't even think about, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, I'll be like, this is my opinion. They're like, that's great. But this is what I saw. I'm like, oh, I like your idea better, you know? Uh, and yeah. then I start telling other people like, this person said this. And you just keep, you keep the whole sure. fandom alive Yeah, by doing that. I feel. Yeah. You don't tell so. people that your opinion is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Star Wars fans. I'm Star Trek fan that told me I was wrong. <laughs> and I was all like, they're, they're much more positive. That's hilarious. Yeah. Er, earlier, earlier when you said, oh, I remember when I was watching The Last Jedi, I was going to say on purpose. <laughs> I have a child. So okay. Okay. She wanted to go see it. Okay. She was dressed as Ray. Like, let's perfect. Just- <laughs> perfect. Beautiful. 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 Yeah. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, Jesse, this has been fantastic. Do you have any final thoughts on Star Trek versus Star Wars? <laughs> I think my final thought is, is that Star Trek is the light side and Star Wars is the dark side. Oh, there you go. I mean, I love Star Wars. It is, it is my heart but man it's depressing (laughs) (laughs) there is hope for the future and that's what star trek is about that's fantastic (laughs) that's Um, for jesse by the way i will yeah yeah (laughs) there you go i will have to um i'll have to uh 
mirror your comments regarding Andor. I think for me, Andor is top tier Star Wars. And I know, you know, we've always had discussions about what is Star Wars to somebody. And I know that there's some friends of mine that um, don't really consider it Star Wars because there's no Jedi. There's no talk of the force. There's no, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's I think it's uh, it's, you know, Star Wars is very personal. It's uh, it depends on where you are in life, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, what you what you want to get out of it. Um, but yeah, for me, Star uh, Andor is uh, is you know not even top tier Star Wars, but it's so well written, yeah. um, so uh, expertly crafted. Same um, with Rogue One, which it was. Yeah, its. <laughs> obviously, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously, can't wait for season two of Andor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, are there any other projects in either um, on either sides of the neutral zone that you are looking forward to? Star Wars or Star Trek coming up? Oh no, no Star Wars, unfortunately, unless Josh from Quest Me Pod decides to you know, want me to join this podcast again because that's when I get to talk about Star Wars the most. Well, you, you can obviously come back here anytime. Oh, uh, and come back here. I'll, and even, you know, Tim and FSF, like we'll talk Star Wars all day. Sure. Yeah. Um, but typically when I go on FSF podcast, it's like, I got ideas for Baby Crusher. <laughs> I'm trying to reel Tim in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, nothing about Star Wars, but you know, for, for Star Trek, we just finished Beverly Crusher Day. That was a day-long event with other podcasts talking about the best of Beverly Crusher pressure um our larry nemechek interview is going to drop in december and we're, we're pretty much wrapping up our first season and then we're going to take a, a much needed break but yeah nothing nothing too exciting coming up but it's been a loads loads of fun this year it's Absolutely. it's been it's been a blessing actually that's wonderful wonderful what about streaming any uh shows coming up in star wars or star trek that you're looking forward to Ooh, i know you know, I know the dis- discovery is going to be finishing up here soon. I haven't gotten into it yet, but I'm definitely wanting to to get into it before I see that final season. Um, really into Lower Decks for Star Trek. That is a fantastic cartoon. Even my daughter enjoys it, which is saying a lot. Thank you, Mike <laughs> <Wow>. McMahon. <laughs> um, but yeah, not 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 too much. I feel like it's it's quieting down a little bit right now as we're it finishing up the. Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy Ahsoka, but um, honestly, Mark Grogu, man, let's just bring it on. <laughs> I would love to have like a, a Beverly meet Grogu like animated short, and that would mm-hmm. that would make my day. That's funny, too funny. <laughs> All right, let's put you through the uh, the uh, the ringer here. Okay, let's do a little Sentry mode. This is Sentry mode. All right, we got Jesse doing Sentry Mode from Crusher Convo Podcast. Are you ready for question number one? We're going to bounce back between Star Wars and Star Trek. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to start out easy, but question number one. What studio's logo is seen at the beginning of the original Star Wars? Original Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> uh, 20, 20th century. Yes, that is yeah. correct. 20th century Fox. <laughs> I'm all like, I see it, but the words were blurred in my mind. Yes, 20th century Fox, yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, question number two. What race encounters V'ger at the beginning of Star Trek, the motion picture? 
Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I saw the movie once. <laughs> How about t- take a guess? What's everybody's favorite alien in Star Trek? Oh, Vulcan. The, no, the other ones. The other one. <laughs> Bumpy heads. Kling- Klingons. There you go, Klingons. <laughs> They're not the favorite. Sorry. <laughs> That's not your favorite. Oh, no. I, I hate the Klingons. Oh hate my god. Them. Hate them. Wow. Love Michael Dorn, but yeah. not a fan. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> They're start. They're going to start to get a little difficult. Here yeah, so we go. I'm already bad. Yeah. <laughs> Question number three. In the Empire Strikes Back, who is Luke talking to when the discussion of evacuation and transporting medical equipment comes up in Echo Base? Was his friend? Oh, what was his friend's name? Can you picture the scene? I think so. Weren't they on Hoth? Yeah. Yes, they were on Hoth. Yeah. They were. They were getting ready to evacuate because the troops saw some adats coming, and some Imperial troops. He was zipping up his his flight suit. Yeah. Wait, Han. Was he talking to Han? No. No, because I remember he said the force be with you, but that's not it. No. No, but he was talking, he had his friend there. Who is Luke talking to when discussing evacuation and transporting medical equipment? Hint, medical equipment. Hint, nudge, nudge. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. When they were ready to evacuate. Because he wasn't talking to Leia. Man, I just saw this movie too. And I clearly was not paying attention to. How about I'm some gonna, guesses? Oh, I'll. I'll I'm, give it. You want a hint? A lifeline? You want to call a friend? (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I'm so bad at this. I like freak out when it comes to questions. Like I was so bad at tests. Um, Like I see it, but like I, I'm blanking out. I'm blanking out. Just tell me. You're, you're, you're. Okay, first I'm going to give you a hint. Maybe you'll get it. Your hint is that uh, the um, the person that he's talking to is not a person. Oh, so he was talking to. He was talking to, um, was it C-3PO or was it R2-D2? I can't remember. They were always together. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was somebody with C-3PO. Goodness gracious me. No, it was 2-1-B, the medical droid. Oh, dear Lord Almighty. Yes. Oh, dear Lord. You know what? Uh, it came to uh, you? Yeah. This came to you. Yeah. Yeah. I felt, and I'm really bad though at the droid, like- Numbers, like numbers, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not good at that at all. I know what R two D units look like, right. and that's as far as it goes. Yeah, but that's funny. I just, um, too funny, yeah. But uh, no. as long as you can see it now, right? You can see. I it. mean, here's the thing: Empire <laughs> is my favorite, but yeah. we only see it once a year. And wow. so those, because we always watch Star Wars on Christmas Eve. We have mm-hmm. pizza and Star Wars and hot chocolate. That's always our trip oh, very nice. tradition. And, but those scenes, I'm just like, eh. And I don't watch. I'm like, when is Leia going to come in? Yeah. Next scene. And so that's, that's what funny. I was all like, this is going to be a part where I just don't pay attention to. Right, right. That's funny. And this is exactly right. what happened. Question number four, I'm going to skip. 
based on your track record. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna insert I'm gonna insert one of the bonus questions in here. But uh, the new question number four is the following. Beverly Crusher was offered a position as head of Starfleet Medical in the year 2365 and left the Enterprise that year. She was replaced by who? And for an extra point, name the episode. The episode she left or the episode that Dr. Catherine Pulaski entered this season? <laughs> you, got, you got that point. <laughs> I did. Um, wasn't it the same episode? No, it was not. So the okay. last episode Beverly was in was the season one finale, and then she was not for the season two premiere, which was The Child. There you go. You got it. <laughs> Excellent. See, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell me Beverly question crush all day. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. Question number five. In Star Trek The Next Generation, what was Beverly Crusher's maiden name? Oh, Howard. And who is, uh, why Howard, do you know? Uh, how they got to Howard, like the behind the scenes part? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> of the, because um, of Mary Howard, who I believe was a writer, supervisor or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think she was a writer, the... producer or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yes. so Mary Howard. Perfect. Yeah, you are an expert on Beverly Crusher. There you I, go. I haven't watched Star Wars in so long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where I was all like, you're going to give me questions and I'm going to be so bad at them. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you a bonus question. Who was designated third of five? This culture will be assimilated. Oh, Hugh. There you go. <laughs> So Perfect. Just give me Star Trek questions. Yeah. Just forget the Star Wars. It's fine. Unless they were Leia questions, then I would be fine. <laughs> That's so funny. I thought you grew up on Star Wars and you just became a Star Trek fan. That's so weird. That's just why, because this is 38 years of Star Wars that I've just you know, been watching and do. Yeah. This has been a year, like actually like 18 months of just absorbing all this information so it's still did, fresh did you f did you f8 your cash in your mind you just wiped everything <laughs> out 38 Pretty years of memory <laughs> just clear that cash That's out the, here, here's the thing you know how you can like forget what you did yesterday but you can remember something distant <laughs> right, back yeah, yeah. when you were two years old that's that's star wars <laughs> and then you know star trek it's all the new stuff that you're just putting in your files and just hanging in there and bookmarking them so too yeah. funny that's awesome, <laughs> awesome at least stuff. i made jesse proud <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, Jesse, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Any final thoughts or uh, why don't you tell folks where people can find you? Yeah, you guys could find me on Twitter at, at Jester underscore Nene. Um, and you can find our podcast, Crusher Combo, on any podcast app. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at Crusher Combo. Excellent, Jesse. I hope you had fun. And listeners, I hope you guys had fun uh, listening to our conversation about Star Wars and Star Trek, the other white meat. Yes. Until next time, this is Ro from the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. I am part of the Red 5 Network. You can find the rest of the gang at bio.link slash red5. Until next time, that's the Scuttlebutt.
All right. Here's a here's the last question. This is the one. This is question number four that I didn't ask you. Okay. And the original series episode, the immunity syndrome. What was the name of the ship who com- whose complete crew of Vulcans were killed by the space faring giant amoeba? What was the name of the ship? Oh, I don't think I've seen that episode yet. Oh, yeah. You know the the original series. Original series is hard for me because yeah. I haven't like really got. Now my co-host. Michelle would know. <laughs> that her. was her. That was her trek. Yeah, I know. I should <laughs> ask her and come back. Come back to me. Hit me in the chat. At least I keep my Trekkie card. I lost my Star Wars card, but at least I get to keep my Trekkie <laughs> card. <laughs> Somebody will be happy. Someone will be happy. I mean, I have a Star Trek podcast, so I, I better keep that card yeah, nice totally. and mint. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jesse, again, thank you very much, and you're welcome to come on uh, anytime. Uh, well, this you is lots wa- of fun. I appreciate you it. You want to talk about, uh, you know, medical droids from Star Wars, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is like I could tell you everything about the medical stuff in Star Trek. Yeah, right. <laughs> Star Wars is out the window. That's too funny. <laughs> wrong, wrong medical. Wrong uh, medical droid. Yeah. Too funny. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network